Welcome to NFTs Suck, if you don't understand them. Hello, friends. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this podcast is dedicated to helping you better understand the who, the what, the why, and the where of this brand new world of non-fungible tokens. Let's dive in. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of NFT Suck. If you don't understand them, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. We do this each and every week. Times are varying these days because the episodes are picking up on a weekly basis. We were doing this Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1 p.m., but uh, we're, we're up to almost once a day here. So if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you're subscribed to the show. That way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you're listening to the replay on Twitter, thanks for joining us. Uh, my, my guest joining me today uh, is uh, a gentleman by the name of Mark Patterson. Uh, Mark works with a brand called Real Items. Uh, they're the leading enterprise platform for product digit- dig- digitization. My goodness, that's a tough word. Using NFTs, Real Items utilizes NFTs and digital identities to enable a circular economy of products. I would read the rest of this in front of me here, but that would not leave me uh, room for the conversation that I want to dive into. So Mark, welcome to the show. Sebastian, thanks for having me. Hey, it's great to be here. Hey, thanks for the introduction. Absolutely. It's great to have you here. Uh, this so Twitter spaces, social audio is is new, as are NFTs <laughs> to, uh, to this world. So before we dive into what it is you guys do at, at, at Real Items, um, I want to talk a little bit about you and your story and what brought you into the space. But I also want to just kick off the conversation um, talking about Web3 as a whole, as this whole metaverse, NFT, cryptocurrency world continues to unfold and unpack, what is your thought process? If you're, if you're, if you're meeting a person on an airplane or in an airport or in the back of an Uber and you tell them that you're involved in the world of NFTs and they go, what is an NFT? Or I heard about that. Should I be interested in it? what's the average person supposed to understand, I guess, is the, is the best question about where we're at with all this? Yeah, I mean, what I, what I tell the average person is that, hey, this is, NFTs are the first time we can have digital ownership. You can have title to a thing that is entire, that is digital. And this is the first time we can have this. It's the idea of, dig, you know, depending on how you design the NFT, it's digital scarcity. So very simple terms, we could never truly actually own anything on the internet or digital. There wasn't a sort of mechanism that ensured that that kind of security in terms of having title to something. And NFTs, they are the first time that we can have that sense of title and ownership. And that's usually what I tell people. That's a great way of putting it. And I think people are still confused, um, regardless of how much we attempt to explain you know what we're trying to do here. I, I put so, yeah, simple, simple. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, you're simple, good. Go ahead. I, I can help. I can help make it more a little more clear. Simple, simple terms. It's like you have all these people on Instagram and like digital artists and all these people that are producing all these all this art. Let's say digital. Let's say a digital piece of art. I mean, beforehand there is no, there is nothing stopping anyone from duplicating that. There's no real ownership of the specific asset. You can just duplicate it. You, there's no real sort of bonding mechanism, no network, nothing that can, that ensures that, okay, this thing someone owns. And only if you hold this, that is not duplicable, it's not, you can't copy it, you can't duplicate it. This, this specific NFT, 
connected to, let's say, a piece of art, now artists, have, for the first time, can tr truly sell their digital art <clears throat> and the value to their digital art can actually be created and, and, and it can actually hold the value. Whereas before, it, was never, it wasn't possible for you know, a piece of digital art to truly hold its value. It was think of it like a leaky, like a leaky bucket, and all the holes are people duplicating and you know sharing the art. And there's no real way to like truly capture all the value, all the water in a leaky bucket. And NFTs are really this wrapper that enable more a more secure means of ownership of a thing. So it's we no longer have a leaky bucket when it comes to these sort of digital assets, whether it's digital art digital anything, but it doesn't just stop there. It goes beyond. But as a first use case, this is the early use case that's getting a lot of traction that people, you know, are really excited about. It's it's pure and it's really the first time we've been able to have this is this, this this sense of pure digital ownership. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And in in it, it will continue to make more and more sense if you're listening to this and you're like, I tuned in because I don't even know what an NFT is. You're not alone. Most people don't understand, but where we're going with Web3 and with blockchain technology, uh, I, I heard a couple of different examples lately that I really liked a lot. And one was ticket sales. So what's being, what, what's, what's the worst thing ever? Buying a ticket to an event that was a fake ticket and you get to the door and you actually can't get in. Th those days will eventually be gone thanks to the blockchain and smart contracts. Because if you buy a ticket from Ticketmaster and you decide to resell that ticket, that's cool and everything, but all of the resales are going to be tracked through the blockchain and Ticketmaster will make money forever Well, until the ticket's not being sold any longer. So I thought that was a good example as far as the use of NFTs in, in, in real life. I know I hate to say that we're not using them in real life now, but as far as the things that we've always done, another example I have used on the show before is, you know, if I'm an artist and you come to my house for a dinner party and you like the art on my wall and you say, you know, actually it's for sale and you're like, cool, how much? And I say a thousand bucks. You're like, no problem. And you Venmo me a thousand bucks and you take that art home and then a couple of weeks later, you're having a party at your house. And somebody's like, holy cow, I love that piece. And you're like, I just bought it from my buddy. He's he's an artist. And you're like, no way. I absolutely love it. Is there any more of them? No, no, no. It's the only one there is. Cool. I'll buy it from you. Excellent. Well, I paid a thousand bucks for it. I don't know. Well, I'll give you two grand for it. Well, you make a thousand bucks, but I never see a penny ever again, meaning the original artist. And that's, that's going to radically change and already is changing. Uh, the ability for artists to be able to capitalize. Now, the same thing's going to happen for movies and, and music and albums and the way content is distributed to us. So I, th I think that's a, you know, very interesting. Ha have you heard both of those analogies too? I'm sure you have. Yeah. I mean, that's just the idea of resaleability, um, having you know, a protocol for royalties programmed into the asset. So yeah, I mean, you can also have a chain of ownership, a chain of custody such that you know, you know who actually minted and or is the original sort of IP holder for an asset. And for any derivative work or any resale of a specific asset, there can be, you know, and then it gets into this sort of, you get into the webs of, okay, well, what if someone pays cash? How do you ensure that the artist gets a piece of that transaction, right? So then it comes down to more or less creating in, in, in a new incentive system that would want, and want, where someone would want to actually sell the good digitally so that those assets could be transferred and that there can be a royalty that goes to the original IP holder. It could be, you know, like a brand like Soul of Nomad, like I like Nazim is in here right now. He's the 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 founders of Soul of Nomad. 
uh, they're an ultra high, like ultra premium fashion line out of Silicon Valley. So for, for for them, for example, or for any other brand that otherwise wants to have assets that are otherwise you know connected to an IP holder that they want to get a royalty from, you know, we're building a royalty protocol right now internally because we do see that as a future for not you know not just for art because it's very much applicable to art. We're seeing that with OpenSea with these artists that are doing these you know fear, purely digital NFTs where they get a royalty commission that they otherwise could never get previously. But also beyond that. And connecting that to the physical world and, 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 and enterprises with creating real products, we see a future for physical things having these royalty incentives connected to them so that ideally in the long term, we have incentives that are aligned with pr- pr- the production of goods that actually last much longer and are more quality. Because you know, right now, brands, they're pr- otherwise producing, whether it's commodities or they're producing clo- apparel or they're producing any other number of different consumer goods or retail goods. They're only incentivized to continue to sell you things, right? They have to keep selling you stuff. And that otherwise produces a lot of waste. It's terrible for the environment. And especially uh, in a world where we're now hyper aware of our impact of the environment and how our decisions are actually changing it in, in, in a negative way. We can actually, we can, what we can do is change those incentive schemes with these sort of resale royalty systems that enable then brands to get a piece of the resale in resale markets or. Um, you know, a lot, there's lots of other services that you can also build in that vein, but by getting that piece, now they're incentivized to have their goods last longer. And this and this moves all assets, physical things, in in a very similar direction to, you know, SpaceX. In SpaceX, they have the reusability of rockets, right? They've really pioneered that. We used to just throw millions of dollars, billions of dollars worth of rockets away after we'd use them. We'd send a shuttle up, okay, it's decommissioned, and it's just like we're just wasting money here. Uh, but otherwise, with with NFTs, with digital identities, with uh, building in a resale mechanism now, well, now we can make all things, all assets more reusable. And it seems to be like nature itself kind of wants things to be more reusable, right? Someone did it with rockets. You know, people are going to be doing it to all assets. And we're just, you know, we are at Real Items helping facilitate that transition and, and that, that new innovation. Um, but yeah, it's yeah the resale the resale piece is very exciting because not only can sustainability be sustainability be great for the environment, but also we can create new business models and new incentives out of that that actually make it more make make it more profitable and drive more revenue, which ultimately will also drive better products. So it's it's just really like net positive sort of it's, it's like a very net positive system. It's really it's, it's really nice. Yeah, I, I would say so. And I, I didn't even think about that. That's 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 fantastic news. It, it really is because obviously something must be done for us to con- continue to increase our awareness and and also effort to saving the planet, for lack of a better phrase. So we're going to get into what you guys do at, at Real Items. I got one last question about this whole general world of NFTs. I read in your bio that you used to be a gamer. Uh, you could still be a gamer. I don't think you ever stop gaming once you're a gamer, but can, can, you, can you explain just very quickly, how NFTs are eventually, or they already are, how NFTs can can be gamified um, to, to the point that you're able to, to monetize that process. Because I, I met somebody last week that said, I'm only investing in NFT projects where I believe the word is stake the NFT. Um, but in short said, I'm only, I'm only investing in NFT projects that actually pay me um, 
you know, based on the NFT that I own. And I'm like, how does that work? And he's like, well, I own bytes and people use tokens within the games and they have to buy these tokens and the tokens come from bytes. I could be saying that all wrong. Could, could, could you touch on that real quick on how this all ties into monetizing through gamification? I don't even know if that's the right way to explain it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So there are a lot of interesting models. So in terms of gamification of NFTs, um, and what you're talking about, that's more like a financial services thing. So otherwise, uh, connecting physical things or like even digital things to some sort of in some of these NFT cases, like a utility token that would otherwise generate a return based on it could be the economy for upgrading the NFT. So I know like some have the means of like gamification of upgrading the NFT with like clothes or with new accessories and all these things that otherwise you could have a token that you have to use that is a quote unquote utility token that's connected to, oh, you need X amount of tokens that would otherwise, you know, allow you to upgrade your NFT, your asset, whether it's a metaverse asset or a profile picture NFT or a profile picture NFT that generates a 3D model of a person or a thing that you could use in a metaverse or in a game, right? So we're starting to see really these early sort of use cases pop up in that vein where these tokens, depending on the project, and as long as there's true utility, you know, has a means of being able to be used to buy these things and there's a market for that that otherwise, you know, people would hold. By holding the NFT, it generates a utility token that grants them access to then purchase or upgrade their person or their character or whatever the, the asset is. You know, the same can be applied to, you know, metaverse assets to real estate to, I mean, it just depends. There's lots of creative new models coming out to your, like, to your point that enable the mix of like, how can money evolve and like, what can we do with money and how, what kind of new markets can we create on things, which is what we're seeing presently. What we, we, and we've even, you know, floated around the idea as we, you know, we're thinking about looking at what a protocol looks like, looking at becoming, you know, more, having more of our own uh, utility token in the future, uh, specifically for use of staking, for, you know, staking for services. So to, in order to purchase services with our platform, even, you know, we talked about this model of own to earn. So this idea of, you know, why are, why are, why are people not earning on the assets that they own? Otherwise, I think that could be an amazing growth mechanism to bootstrap circular business models. Um, almost like a sort of like a means of just making circular products, making these kind of, you know, these products that are otherwise going to be uh, more environmentally friendly around circularity and around making resaleability much better. You know, why not have, why not have people earn on those things that they own? You know, just for owning the thing, it's kind of like a, I don't know, like like a like a almost like an ad, like what you they what a company would spend on ads for like pay per click and get attention. It's it's like a a means of generating attention as a you know on the assets themselves. So there's you know even on our side on the physical side thinking about whether it's us or anybody else, a means of generating attention by earning on this stuff they're owning. Uh, but in the digital sense, in the metaverse, you know, yeah, from it makes a lot of sense. I mean, once you once you have any of these assets that ge are generating some sort of a, a utility token, um, and there's some sort of inherent value associated with that. You know, none of this is financial advice, by the way. And also, there is there is a lot of work that needs to be done in terms of understanding the difference between like how these tokens can operate legally in a legally compliant way. Um, 
you know, ideally with some more uh, guidance and, and more insight from you know the U.S. from other governments that otherwise need to formalize some more like traditional frameworks around these. But yeah, right now money is just trying to find a way for it to express itself, right? So, to, to and once you, once you know consumers they go the route of having an NFT that actually gives them a token that is you know in a very much a sense of gives them a form a sense of community in these networks. It's hard to go back to a product that otherwise doesn't have that sense of functionality. You, you, you know, once you have this token that you're generating from a, a, a an NFT that otherwise is, you know, grants you utility access to upgrading it or just community access to different events or different kinds of things, it just it makes you wonder when yeah you know, when are all brands going to move in this direction? You know, it seems like something that eventually everyone's going to adopt. It just it, it, it makes. Total sense. And as more companies move into the metaverse, you know, they buy digital real estate, like Samsung's moving in, um, lots of it, like Atari's moved in, and lots of other brands are moving into this space. It, it just becomes a no-brainer as to, you know, the inevitability of this as a the next frontier for the, the internet, for companies, in terms of like the companies move to the internet to sell their goods, focusing selling online. They're very much all going to be selling whether it's NFTs, collectibles, physical assets, everything's going to be sold in the metaverse as well. It's just another extension of our current reality. But just the internet's becoming more of a crazier, more intimate reality. And right now it's very native. It's very, sorry, uh, it's very early, I should say. Um, But otherwise, that's going to change very rapidly over the next decade. I'm excited. I think that uh, this is one of the, I mean, we've, we've been saying for 15 years, this is one of the most exciting times to be alive. I mean, since the beginning of Web 2, and now here we are, you know, spending ludicrous amounts of money on JPEGs and uh, people's lives are being changed um, be, because of it. Some are being ruined too, but uh, at the same time, yes, absolutely. On this show, we don't give any financial advice. We're not giving legal advice unless, of course, you know, we've got... Uh, uh, we've got attorneys on or, or licensed individuals that know what they're talking about. This is a general conversation uh, and all opinions are ours. I think that's what I'm supposed to say, uh, Mark. If you're just jumping in here, I'm joined by Mark uh, Peterson. Mark is, uh, Mark Patterson, I'm sorry, uh, is uh, is with a company called Real Items. They take real items and turn them into NFTs. And that's what we're going to get into right now. Start talking about what you guys are doing over there at Real Items how you went from you know being a gamer and 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 now involved uh it very much involved in this space so let's talk a little bit about that cool so yeah i uh competed in halo uh coached and played 2011 uh and then played in other games up until about 2013 then t- took a break from that otherwise started my own business in 2013 and then moved to do uh, get into crypto about 2017. Uh, I met David, who's the founder of Real Items. I met him in 20 at the end of 2018 when I was starting another company. And you know, we otherwise I wanted to work. I wanted to work with him ever since then. He told me about the idea for Real Items, and I was like, "Dude, that's amazing! You need to pursue that." So at the time, we actually, when I was doing my company, we wanted to hire David to be to for, he would build his company, but he would be an evangelist for our technology. Um, and he, ideally, his com- real items would use our technology at the time, but it was short-lived. I mean, we unfortunately had to close shop on our previous company because we were too early to market. Um, it was just too soon, and otherwise, it was you know we only had one real company that in the crypto space that could actually use our technology. It was IDEX. They were like the biggest decentralized application at the time, and otherwise, yeah. From there, it just 
we had to close shop. Um, David kept building his company. He, him and Ken, he met Ken at a, uh, Ken, Ken Woodruff uh, at a meetup to discussing ZK Snarks. And they were only the, the only two people in the room talking about NFTs and they joined forces, started this company. I came on in 2020, the end of 2020, to which, you know, th- this past year, uh, I've joined and more so as a, as a late co-founder to the company, leading the growth initiatives. Um, yeah, otherwise, you know, we've we had a record-breaking year in terms of revenue. Uh, we, you know, twenty x our revenue from year previous. We've brought on some amazing enterprise clients and clients like Nazim as well, who was previously in this call, but he's just jumped out. Um, you know, working with the likes of DoTerra Essential Oils is one example. They're the largest essential oil producer in the world. We have another client, it's a Fortune two hundred client that I can't can't speak about in detail. Um, but otherwise, we're working with them on a very special project. We'll we'll be able to say more about them in the in the coming weeks. But otherwise, it's a very very exciting development for us um, to to get the sort of validation of working with this specific client on a on a new kind of uh, on a new kind of experience for NFTs and, and, and physical assets. Um, but right now, yeah, I mean, otherwise, Sebastian, what would, we, what would you like me to dive into? on this specifically. I want to talk specifically about what the company actually does and what your actual solution is just so people can understand. Yep. Absolutely. So so we are a company that we digitize products. So we take a company's products, whether it be apparel or uh, a commodity or cons- a consumer packaged good and give it a digital identity with an NFT. So the NFT serves as a means of uh, having you know, ownership of an asset. So, you know, like we have ownership of these digital collectibles, we see a future where it's no different that you will also have ownership of NFTs, sorry, ownership of physical things, like you do ownership of the digital things. So why, you know, why not have all the things that you own be in a a wallet you have access to, you can connect with these things, you can read about all the things you own and just have it connected to your digital identity at the end of the day. So these are all things that you know we're more or less building the rails today to help brands digitize and tokenize their products as NFTs. We are rapidly building in a new iteration of our platform to make things much more easier and have much more functionality around managing these assets and minting these assets. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, we're we're in the business of, pro- of digitizing these products. Uh, the focus that we're starting to now look toward in terms of a, a strong focus. Is this is focusing on the circular economy? So, the idea of you know consumers, investors, and policymakers are all, in one way, shape, or another, starting to become more aware of the global situation of the climate, of the wastefulness of the fashion industry, the products, etc. Um, you know, more or less, we want to create more circular products, so products that otherwise. You have the resaleability, you can have reusability, you can have uh, knowing what materials are in these products for recycling to otherwise use those materials for new products, right? So building in these identities, um, building in this sort of network effect into products that otherwise things can you know, have a longer life cycle. And from there, we bring these assets into Web3, into the metaverse, you know, into DeFi, uh, etc., so otherwise, yeah, we're right now focused on helping brands turn their assets into create NFTs corresponding to these assets and selling these to their consumers and 
it gives them insight into their consumers that they couldn't have previously. So being able to know who's act, who actually owns the goods and be able to f- allow brands to have a direct relationship with them. Um, really, th- this comes down to connecting products beyond the point of sale, which brands currently don't have. When a brand sells, when an enterprise, a brand, anyone sells you something, it's the last time they really see the product or know who owns it or knows, you know, what's going on with it. And otherwise, that is a business model that introdu- that makes it hard to create more sustainable products, a more engaged product that people otherwise would have more enjoyment from, or for even these brands to develop relationships with their consumers, much like these NFT communities that we see. Um, so otherwise, we can do that using NFTs combined with these physical assets. So we're really at the intersection of just helping brands take their physical products you know, whether it's with using a QR code or an NFC tag, we're agnostic to the application of how the link between the digital asset and the physical asset is created. Different brands have different, you know, their own techniques they've developed internally, or maybe some don't and they otherwise want our guidance. But we otherwise are just more or less this data layer that allows for, okay, we connect a QR code. So let's say a consumer package good. A consumer would scan this when they purchase it. They register ownership of the good. That appears in the wallet, and when it's in their wallet, they can access information. They can see what the product's about. They can otherwise, in the future, we have services and the ability to trade these assets that we want to incorporate, such that you know whether it's let's say you know let's say hypothetically someone turns a car into an NFT or a watch, let's say a luxury watch, and you have this in your digital wallet, you otherwise want to, for example, a service that's possible in the future is being able to collateralize your car quickly. The, the touch of a button or being able to collateralize this watch, use it to, you know, use it and you can stake it or use it to a leverage position in crypto, right? Um, maybe you want to use it to for, as a loan against a house and you make it, it's really quickly accessible through this digital asset, through this digital wallet. Um, really what we have right now is the ability to just have these assets in this wallet with the, the future of building services and applications on top of these assets that are accessible to consumers um, that can create just much more, much cooler experiences for consumers, but then at the same time for enterprises, giving them new service models, business models to allow them to continue to innovate and to do so in a much more net, like circular, environmentally conscious, sustainable way. I love it. I don't think anybody could have seen this one coming because my first question, I mean, you, you answered it right now, which was why would a brand need an NFT? I think of the essential oils example that you mentioned there. And I'm like, well, the essential oils serve one purpose in my mind, in my, in my, in my mind currently, yeah, which are to put them in a diffuser or rub them on my hands or on my temples or what, whatever people utilize for, um, for the, um, for the use of essential oils on here. Um, but you said that there's added benefits and, 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 and perks to, owning an NFT of an actual physical product, you know, that, that you own or yeah, that, that you've purchased rather. And I think that's extremely interesting because we've obviously never been in a, in a time like this where we've had the opportunity to do something. Um, and whoever thought of this, um, well, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a lot. It's, 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 it's a whole, yeah, there's a lot, like when you give products like a digital identity, and then this correspond because people want NFTs now. They want the sense of ownership, the sense of community, the sense of belonging. Like the NFT brings a lot when you have that verifiable 
like non-duplicable sense of ownership. Um, and when you have that connected with a physical thing, yeah, it, just, it opens up totally new ways of like brands could create these kinds of communities around people that buy their specific products. You know, and, and uh, there's so many different things. Like brands could use this as a means to incentivize feedback, right? Like for their products, like if, you, if you've bought so many, well, we have this verifiable record of how many of these assets you own because it's connected to an identity. Well, we could give you a say as a stakeholder in the evolution of the product because you're more invested in the product and you've used it more and you care about it more, right? Right. I mean, there's just so many, there's so many avenues that this could be taken and it, like just in terms of having more inclusivity. So this is more or less in the line with like ESG, so environmental social governance goals that otherwise, you know, policymakers and, and investors and companies are beginning to take a lot more seriously. I mean, there is a bit of greenwashing in there, but otherwise there, you know, it's because it's early, you know, there's lots of, it's a lot of fraud and things are really early and there's not, you know, it gives us time to figure out how do we solve those actual problems of greenwashing to make things more accountable when it comes to holding companies accountable to better environmental goals, better social goals, so like diversity, inclusion and such and governance goals. So more you know, more involvement when it comes to stakeholder capitalism and just having more of the stakeholders, the constituents that otherwise are in this value chain, like the employees to uh, the people that benefit from this, from, let's say, uh, building new land, or maybe the people that are that don't benefit from waste that's just being dumped somewhere, right? There's just a number of sort of dimensions when it comes to ESG that otherwise connect, getting these digital identities and NFTs to a physical thing for these companies can help accelerate in a positive direction a lot of those goals, a lot, a lot more inclusivity, a lot more, you know, stakeholder involvement in, in in the company, much more community feelings, but also just better social goals, sorry, environmental goals around well having the materials connected to the products so that you know in a value chain that otherwise you know when you if I if I go to take like this shirt or this. Uh, this bottle, like I don't really know, or this plastic, you know, de- empty deodorant thing that's been used, or let's say in the case of doTERRA, like an empty bottle, you know, someone that's going to recycle it or reuse it, they otherwise need to know like what material contents are part of this. They otherwise wouldn't have no idea. You know, you, you get this thing, you're like, well, what, what is this actually made of? Like, I don't know how to dispose of this. I don't know how it can be reused for something else. If we want to make these products and these materials longer lasting instead of just them, because right now everything's ending up in the landfill. Right. Um, so in one dimension, we can solve that piece. And yeah, I mean, there's, it's, there is a multitude of things that this solves, but where we are really starting to sort of see an opportunity to generate and start to bootstrap network effects around these sort of circular benefits is, is the resale because everyone wants to generate more revenue. And this and otherwise, it's a revenue stream that no one has access to right now, right? So... At least for us, that we're, we're we've been doubling down on like how do we get to a resale protocol as quickly as possible, and scale that and make it usable for lots of brands. Love it, love it. Well, I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I have learned a ton. That's kind of why I do this show. In addition to making sure that other people uh, learn uh, a ton too, and we'll have to have you back on the show sometime. It was great to meet you. Uh, you hashtag IRL a couple of weeks back here in uh, in Miami during Bitcoin uh, Miami. You had a chance to connect almost instantly. You said, "I said, where can I find you?" You said, "Telegram." I'm glad we connected because then I followed up, and well, here we are. So the upsides. Well, there's many upsides of technology, but uh, sure glad that we connected. Thanks for taking some time today uh, to talk to us about what. Uh, the, your 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 thoughts about the world of NFTs as well as what's going on and the great work you guys are doing at Real Items. Keep up the great work and uh, and come back soon. 
thanks for having me, Sebastian. Look forward to hearing about more and following up with you and hearing more about like the amazing podcast you're doing and even listening to this podcast. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You have to connect. I see Mitch Jackson's in the room uh, too. He's uh, an attorney based out of Southern California and uh, I've known him for a long time. He's been very, very proactive in the digital space and now specifically in the metaverse web three, helping people better understand uh, legal aspect, but very much involved as a creator too. So to be sure to follow him and, and you two can connect. I'm sure there's a conversation to be had there too. Amazing. I'll follow him on my, my account right now. All right. Good stuff. Thanks again, Mark. Cool. Thanks, Sebastian. You, you have it. a good one. All right. Well, that does it for another episode of NFT Suck. If you don't understand them, I guess Mark Patterson with Real Items talking about how real physical items are being turned into NFTs and the reason why also shared some incredible insights with us as far as where we're at with this whole Web3 metaverse NFT where we're headed and how it's really going to help not only our lives, but business, technology, our planet. Exciting times to be alive. If you are listening to the podcast again, make sure you're subscribed to the show. That way you'll get updates as new ep episodes become available. If you're listening to the replay on Twitter, thanks so much for taking some time out to listen to this replay. If you want to give it a retweet, please do. If you're listening to the podcast, leave us a review. Five stars would be amazing. I sure do appreciate it. One more thing. Remember, NFTs suck. If you don't understand them, I'm Sebastian Rusk. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of NFT Suck. I sure do appreciate it. And I hope you're leaving this episode with at least one or two things that you did not know about the world of NFTs before you hit play. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Until next time, friends.